Well, it was a Wednesday afternoon in March in 2015 when I got the call. I was sitting in the carpool lane of my daughter's elementary school waiting to pick them up, and I got a call asking if I would take in two children. The Office of Children's Services was going to remove them from their home due to alleged neglect and abuse. And they asked if we would take them in just temporarily until another foster home could be identified. Well, my husband and I said yes, and in a few hours later, we went and picked up a sweet six-year-old little girl and a very active seven-year-old boy. Well, at the time that we said yes, my husband, who was an electrician at the time, um, was laid off. And my job as a clinician at Providence, my contract hours had just been cut in half. So we actually weren't sure we were going to be able to pay our mortgage or buy groceries for our own kids who were then aged 9, 11, and 13. And a couple weeks after the kids came, we were starting to run low on groceries. And in particular, the little boy loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he was pretty insistent on having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day at a certain time. And if that didn't happen, there was a meltdown. And so that morning I noticed we were running low on our peanut butter and jelly supplies. And specifically, we were running low on our jar of jelly. It had just run out. You know, the big Costco-sized jar of Marionberry jelly? It's like the best jelly out there. Yeah, it was gone. So I was preparing myself for the tantrum that was going to come. And right before lunch, a man from our church dropped off a bag of groceries. And in it was a loaf of bread, a container of peanut butter, and a jar of jelly. But not just any jar of jelly, the Costco-sized jar of Marionberry jelly that we had just run out of. Now, it was moments like that, let's call them jar of jelly moments, and the amazing support of our family and friends that supported us through the journey over the next two and a half years of fostering this little brother and sister. And we poured ourselves into this. We wrapped them in healing hugs and surrounded them with caring community. We tried as best as we could to role model what a healthy family looked like. We brought them to school, taught them to ride bikes, taught them to read, brought them to their twice a week visits with their family and their six to eight therapy appointments that they had each week. Um, you know, there's something unique and different and hard about inviting trauma into your own home. And their trauma looked like screaming, bedwetting, uh, cursing, and a lot of meltdowns. And my children had not seen that before, and they had to make pretty extreme adjustments. I remember my nine-year-old at the time was dealing with some anxiety, and sometimes when the meltdowns and the challenging behaviors happened, she would just go hide in her room. And my 13-year-old son at the time uh, learned how to take the city bus to his charter school because it was just way too much to get these two little ones out of bed by 7.30 in the morning and out the door without meltdowns. But the little girl had an infectious laugh and loved the color purple. And the little boy loved Legos and jumping outside on our trampoline. And they both loved their parents and their two younger siblings who were in another foster home. And as we journeyed through this foster journey, which was the hardest thing our family had ever done, learning how to navigate the system of Office of Children's Services and the bureaucracy, bureaucracy that comes with that, 
um, and the challenges, which were often very frustrating. We poured ourselves into these two little kids. And two and a half years later, when they transitioned out of our home into what we considered less than ideal places, I remember feeling sad, um, discouraged. I remember feeling angry at the system that I thought had failed them. I was overwhelmed. I was partly, to be honest, a little grateful to have our family of five back. But most of all, if I'm completely honest, I just was really feeling hopeless that all the space that we had created for healing didn't make any difference, hadn't made a dent. And a couple weeks after the kids left, my minivan needed some work. So I made an appointment at the auto shop and my husband, who had a job again, but it took him out of town for months at a time, uh, wasn't available to bring me. So I requested a courtesy shuttle and dropped off my minivan, hopped in the courtesy shuttle, and the driver was this sweet older woman with short gray hair, and we're making small talk like you do in a courtesy shuttle. And we drove into my neighborhood, and she became quiet and said, I, wait a minute, I know this neighborhood. I, I think I lived here once. I was in a foster home near here. You were, what? We just did foster care. I probably said a little too dramatically and uh, eagerly. How was that for you? She said, well, I was in a lot of foster homes and many of them were bad, but this one in this neighborhood was good. And she dropped me off home with that glimmer of hope. And then later my car was done and I got the call and uh, asked for a courtesy shuttle. And so I hopped in and it was another lady, older, maybe long gray hair, maybe in her 60s. And we were driving out of our neighborhood and she too grew quiet and said, I, this neighborhood feels really familiar. I think I've lived here before. I was in a foster home here. Wait, what? The driver this morning said the same thing. She said, that was my sister. Well, what, what was the difference with this home? Why was this one good, I asked. Again, probably a little too eagerly. She said, well, for one, my sister and I were together in this one, and that didn't always happen. And also, this home, they were kind to us, and they showed us love. Well, by this time, I'm a complete wreck. And we get to the auto shop, and I hug the poor courtesy driver, and I thank her for sharing her story, and I drive home crying, and I share with my husband and my kids this serendipitous greeting with these two sisters, who I believe may have been angels. And I shared with them the hope that maybe, maybe, someday, a little girl who loved hugs and a little boy who loved peanut butter and jelly would look back and remember with fondness a home in Anchorage and they will know that they were loved. And maybe, just maybe, that will make all the difference.